0: Alright, we're continuing. We're going through the New Testament in a year. We're making progress. We're moving ahead. We're in Luke chapter 6. Luke, the physician, the traveling companion of Paul, the one who investigated all of these things carefully so he could give us an orderly account of the things that happened among us, is what he said, among us being in his day. We're going to pick up in verse 12. We did the other 11 verses in uh, some of the other Gospels here. One more Gospel to come after this, and then we get into history, New Testament history, and we get into some letters to churches. So, verse 12 of chapter 6, the Gospel of Luke. One of those days, we've seen this phrase several times with Luke. One day, another day, and then... One of those days, Jesus went out onto a mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them. So there must have been more because he's choosing 12. Now this corresponds with the 12 tribes of Israel. He called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them whom he designated as apostles, meaning sent ones. Gives the names. Simon whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, to distinguish between the other James, Simon, who was called the Zealot, to distinguish between the other Simon, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, to distinguish him from the other Judas, who became a traitor. So the whole time that uh, Judas Iscariot is traveling with Jesus, he's, um, he's a traitor. He's uh, the one that's taking care of the money. He's the thief. He's, he denies uh, Jesus. He betrays Jesus to the Roman authorities and to the chief priests. Verse 17, he went down with them and he stood at a level place. So now he's got the 12 apostles and we'll start to see their ministry. A large crowd of his disciples were there, so out of that large crowd, he calls the 12 for a specific purpose. And then out of this large number of disciples, this large gathering of disciples that we have, even in our own smaller circles, the large number, he calls us out for specific tasks and specific duties and gives them to us. And we would do well when he gives us a specific act or duty to follow through with it and to be a good steward of what it is that he's given to us. So, a large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. So, they came for two purposes they came to hear, they came to be healed. Same reason people still come to Jesus. They like to hear Jesus, that's for sure. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. stress inside, uh, conflict inside, demons inside. And the people all tried to touch him because his power was coming from him and healing them all. If only I can touch him. I still feel that way. If only I can touch you. He looked at his disciples and he said this. Now what we're going to look at is sort of an abbreviated account of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And we went through this when We went through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and much of these accounts are the same, Uh, you know, a little bit of a different perspective, adding some things that maybe Matthew didn't add, uh, uh, taking away some things that Matthew included, but it's pretty much the Sermon on the Mount, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, some people wonder what's going on here. Is this that Sermon on the Mount that Luke is recounting, or was he teaching the same thing in other places? Well, It's quite possible that he was teaching the same thing in other places, right? Because uh, if if it's worth saying once, it's worth saying twice. If it's worth saying twice, it's worth saying four times. If it's worth four times, eight times, on and on and on. So he went down, stood in a level place, which seems to be different than the place that he did it before in Matthew. And he said, blessed are you when you're poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. You know, place to just look for God when you realize who you are and where you are and what your station in life is, and you realize, you know, I don't have anything. You can have everything and not have anything. And he said, Blessed are those who hunger now because you'll be satisfied. Well, there's something about a hunger for reality, a hunger for spiritual reality, a hunger for God, and to be hungry for that and know this that you will be satisfied. Blessed are those who weep now, the laugh. There's a day coming when he'll take care of everything. And for now, we do weep. It says of Jesus that he was a man of sorrows and he was acquainted with grief. And so Jesus himself was a a, a person who experienced sorrow in weeping. Blessed are you when people hate you? I don't feel that. <laughs> but it's reality. When they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. When people say these things because you belong to Jesus, well... Uh, sad, tragic, but uh, we're blessed. We belong to Jesus. He said, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For this is how the ancestors treated the prophets. It's not a new thing. This is how people of God have been treated throughout all of the ages. They killed Jesus, so if they killed Jesus, what are they going to do to you, a follower of Jesus? They're going to exclude you and insult you and reject you and all of these things. And he said, but woe to you who are rich for you have already received your comfort. You know, those who don't think that they have any need whatsoever, think they're better than everyone else, think they're totally fulfilled. No need for God. No need to recognize the giver, the creator of life. They don't need to recognize him. They're self-made people, as it said. Woe to you who are well-fed now, you'll go hungry. Woe to those who laugh now, you'll mourn and weep. And woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that's the way the ancestors treated the false prophets. So this is sort of upside down, inside out kingdom, the kingdom of God. It's upside down. And then he says, but to you, but to you who are listening, I say this. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Wow. Um, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Wow. If someone slaps you on the on one cheek, then turn the other one also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes uh, takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You can only live this way and only take these actions if you know that there's something more, there's something beyond what's happening in this particular moment in real time. And so we're able to live with eternity in mind and love our enemies. Love them. Watch what Jesus says in verse 32. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. What's the big deal if you just love people that love you? Anybody can do that. That's easy. But if you do good to those who, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. Everybody will do that. He said, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners lead to sinners expecting to get repaid in full. But love your enemies. Wow, this is just so radical. You you can't do this unless you're empowered by the Spirit of God. Even sinners lend to sinners, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get back. Then your reward will be great. You'll be children of the most high God because he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Wow, it's so hard to be kind to people that are ungrateful. It's so hard to be kind to people that are just mean. But he said, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Well, this takes the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're going to have to end on this one here, I think. Uh, don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know how you take—we uh, uh, get granola at the co-op, and you put it in the bag, and you shake it down, and then you hold it and you shake it down again, and it, you know it keeps going further down in the bag, and you know you get a big full bag. Well, that's the way that God will give it—the blessing to us. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over and he poured into your lap, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So judge not, lest you be judged. Uh, I heard someone say this just this week, and I think it's really true. They said, you know, judge not, lest you be judged, because the church is supposed to be a hospital, not a courtroom. (laughs) He's the judge. You're not the judge. We need to leave it up to him. love our enemies. Lord, this is so hard for us to love our enemies, and so today we ask you to help us to love our enemies. We ask you to help us to do good to those who despitefully use us. And Lord, keep our eye on eternity, that that it's not here is what lasts, but what lasts is you and what lasts is eternity. And so Lord, help us to be uh, upside down, inside out people here on planet earth. So bless you guys. I love you. We'll continue on uh, through the, the gospel of Luke, and then we'll do John, and then we'll do Acts, the history of the of the early church. Hey, bless you guys. Love you.